is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. Wednesday regular Wayne Goldsmith is with us. Wayne's World, WGCoaching.com is the website. Uh, he joins us now from his uh, home on the love Gold Coast of Australia. Good morning, sir. Well, mate, I'm just standing next to the pool, actually. We've got a little pool in the backyard. The sun's shining, the birds are chirping, and there's those two little voices going on my head going, oh, why don't you be the first one and brave a little dip uh, in the end of winter before spring comes along, and then... The voice of reason says, are you absolutely crazy? That The other day, um, we've got a, a Swiss exchange student staying with us at the moment. And uh, we went down to Byron the day and showed him the most Easter point and the beautiful lighthouse and Wadigo's Beach and all those great sights. And, of course, he proceeded to jump in the pool and have a swim at, uh, in the ocean and have a swim at 20 degrees. And uh, we just sat there in amazement because he thought the water was beautiful at 20 <laughs> and uh, us weak Gold Coasters, we don't get in until it's about 26 or 27. Mm. So that's uh, that's life on the Gold Coast. Yeah, lovely part of Australia too, Byron Bay. I've been there a couple of times. Absolutely magnificent. All right, well, let's uh, move on from reminiscing and uh, and talking about lovely uh, lovely holiday spots to um, to something which um, which we haven't really talked a lot about on this segment. We tend to focus a lot on, on kids playing sport and also the elite level. But um, a chance today to chat about weekend warriors. Um, you know, guys and girls like you and I, Wayne, who go out and play at a golf on the weekend or tennis or whatever it might be. Um, you know, this this actually would form, I'd imagine, uh, just to get the conversation started, a pretty large chunk of um, of active adults, wouldn't it? Those who play just, just on the weekend with their mates. Well, and I think, too, the, the term weekend warrior is, in my view, is really a term of great respect because... You know, when you think about it, mate, you and I are really lucky. We're doing jobs that we love to do, and we get to meet some amazing people. And you know, not a lot of people are that fortunate to actually look forward to going to work every day. But they all look forward to their weekend triathlon training with their friends, or they look forward to getting together with the master swimming group, or having a hit of golf, or playing tennis with the friends and family. You know, and to them, that is. It's their passion, it's their focus. And even if they're having a rotten day at work, they're sitting there and they're texting, sending messages in their lunch breaks. They're Googling latest tennis racket technology or how do I buy a new crank for my triathlon bike. And, you know, it's, it's, it may not have the glory of a Bledisloe Cup and Olympic gold medal, but it's just as vitally important to everybody's involved in their passion on the weekend. Is there is there a set of sort of uh, tips that you could maybe uh, maybe give us about getting the most out of your weekend warrior experience? Because as you say, Wayne, you know we've all got jobs, we've all got other stuff, we've got families, stuff that we you know that take takes up most of our time. Is there a way to sort of get the most out of your your weekend warrior experience? Well, there is, and one's very very obvious point is that you know we always talk about this integrated sport model. 
And for most people, sport is about the physical side. And the reason why we talk about the physical side and how many push-ups and how many laps and how many hours of this and how many hours of that, the reason we do that is that the physical stuff is easy to count. So I can count laps and I can count how many holes and I can count sets and I can do all those things. And people will go, oh, look, I really wish I could play golf more often. I get better at it. Oh, I wish I could play tennis two or three times a week and improve. That's not realistic. But it's so much more than just the physical side. So the most obvious thing is to work on the mental side and work on the mental and emotional side. And just doing some basic skills on things like relaxation. You know, there was a great, great interview with Greg Norman years ago, and I've never forgotten. I wish I could dig it out from somewhere, but it was a long time ago. And he was asked a question about weekend warrior golfers. And he said, look, the best advice I can give you is to do relaxation training. He said, because typically what happens with the weekend warriors is they're talking about it, they're thinking about it, they've got some money on the 19th holder, who's going to buy the beers, and, and, and they've built up to it and build up to it, build up to it, and they come out and they pick out a club that's probably about three clubs too big, and they grab it with every fibre, every ounce of their power and put all that tension, because they're desperate to be the one who wins and hits it down the middle of the fairway, in front of their mates, and he said it's the tension and the tightness and the lack of relaxation that kills them. And his advice, and I, and I totally agree, is I, if you can't get out during the week and have a hit, can't get out and do the training that you'd like to do physically, work on the mental side. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great uh, piece of advice, and I guess it would be hard to do, though, wouldn't it? Because, you, because as you say, you think, okay, if I'm going to get better at golf, I'll go down to the driving range. It seems obvious, doesn't it? But it, it, it clearly isn't. Well, that's, that's just the, the obvious thing, Point is you, the assumption is that sport is all physical. And, I mean, you've only got to look at what we've seen the last couple of weeks in Bledisloe Cup, the, the last uh, couple of weeks that we've seen in Test cricket and, and all the, the high-profile sports that are going on around the world at the moment. If it was just physical, all we'd tell athletes to do is get out there and train more than anybody else is prepared to do, just get fitter and stronger and faster and sharper than anybody else. But how many times does it come down to mental and emotional aspects? And if you don't have the time to get to the driving range, there's, there's so much great stuff. Look, there's a, there's a and it's not a plug because you can get it for free. There's an app called Calm that you can download for both Android and Apple products. It's just Calm, C-A-L-M. And when you open the app, it says, take a deep breath. And there's, a, there's, a, there's all these free uh, relaxation, help you to sleep. There's so much, and it's free. That's just the best thing. And so if you're a golfer, to me, again, the best thing you can do is download something like that, and there's millions of them, and they're on YouTube as well. You can get them just about anywhere. Don't bother paying for them. And just learn how do I control my breathing? How do I stay relaxed? How do I pick up my tennis racket instead of squeezing the life out of it like I'm trying to uh, choke something? How do I, how do I just have the, the racket nice and easy? How do I keep my hands soft? How do I control my breathing when I'm getting tired? That's as big an advantage and as good a preparation as any physical training you can do. Just on the subject of staying calm and and taking sport seriously or not taking it too seriously, I'm sure you've seen this. Um, in a social game of um, of football or rugby or whatever it is in the weekend, uh, you often get uh, players who have played at a reasonably high level during their youth, during their elite sporting years, if you like. They're now too old for that, but they still want to play a bit. 
but the old competitive urge is still there, and often it can boil over into something which isn't ideal in, a, in what is effectively a game of social sport. Uh, have you seen that, and, uh, and are there ways of stopping yourself getting that white line fever? Well, I think some people have just got that in them, haven't they, mate, that they, they're they having a good day, the arthritis has warmed up nicely, you know, they're, they're feeling great, they've had a bad week at work and that competitive animal starts to emerge. Yeah, I, look, in some some areas, some sports, if you've got the right group of players together who are all equally competitive and are all motivated the same way, it's not such a big problem. Where you have those problems is where you've got a group who come together and say, look, we just do this for fun, to stay in shape, to stave off a little bit of ageing and fatigue and so on. And then you've got another group, maybe an opposition team or a couple of other players who are in it for the exact opposite. They're in it to win. They're in it to compete. Um, I was talking to a guy not that long ago. It was funny. A a guy on the coast here called Matt, and uh, he was a sales rep, a, a real estate guy. And he came into the martial arts that we do. And he said, I've decided I'm going to get a black belt in one year. And I said, why? He said, oh, because I went to this sales training thing and they said, control your own destiny. And he said, so I wrote a list of five things I was going to do this year. I was going to take up the gym and do this. I was going to run a marathon. I'm going to go uh, a black belt in one year and a couple of other things. And the class that we're in is basically a bunch of old guys. We make a lot of no- noise, but nobody gets hurt. And our motivation is very much the social side and just staying in contact with each other. And he would come in and he would beat the living daylights out of us day after day, week after week, because he was motivated in a completely different way. And it became pretty awkward. And in the end, he didn't last that long with our group. The ideal thing is try to find a group of people who are motivated the same way in the same direction that you are. Mm, absolutely. It's important, though, isn't it, to have something? Um, you know, we've, as I say, we're, we're all busy. Uh, we've all got jobs. We've all got families. We've all got things competing for attention. It is important, isn't it, to have something like this, even if it's not entirely physical, but just to get into a different mindset more than anything. I mean, I, I like it because, you know, when I go and play Masters football on Saturday afternoon, I'm hopeless at it, but it's four hours of, of uncluttered, Mind time, if you like. It's just a bit of banter with my teammates, a little bit of physical activity and a beer afterwards. That stuff's quite important, isn't it? Oh, man. For, for, we know, Piney, for mental, emotional health and, and the ability to, to maintain social connections. Uh, talking to an old friend of mine the other day who was an elite swimmer and who still swims every week, and he said, you know the reason I still do it, mate, is that it's my time. Once I put my head in that water... There's no phone. No one can talk to me. There's no kids going, dad, 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 dad. There's no one from work chasing me for a decision. Once my head's in there, I have complete control. And he said, I find by the time I've done 10 or 15 minutes, I start to get into it and I relax and I start thinking about the things that really matter. And he said, the main reason I do it is once that head is under the water, nobody can invade my space. It's all about just me and doing the things that I need to do. And that, you can't put a price on that. There was a, was a, I saw yesterday, I think, on the ABC Australia website, and it's probably repeated everywhere, but there was a, a study put out by uh, Harvard University yesterday saying that people report that regular exercise makes them happier than money. And the study went through and said that they interviewed people and looked at the amount of exercise they do, 
and they also took the people who are well off and have got high paying jobs, financially secure, and they had some sort of happiness and and uh, contentment index. And the people who exercise regularly scored a lot higher on the happiness score than the people who had lots of money. And so for all those reasons, yes, you've just got to keep doing something that you're passionate about other than just turning up for work every day. Good stuff. Just before you go, um, the Ashes, uh, it's been a, a pulsating couple of test matches. Uh, did you have a sharp and take a breath when you saw Steve Smith get hit the other day? Well, mate, I look at the risk of offending everybody from that part of the world. I, I Look, it's always a difficult area, isn't it? There's the old guard who'll say, well, Lillian Thompson did it in the 70s and it's all part of the game and you've just got to toughen up and deal with it. The other side of me, with the sensitivity around head injuries and the vital importance to protect kids and make sure that kids are playing games in the right way, says, well, you know, the English team did basically say the week before this last uh, Ashes test that they were bringing somebody in to deliberately intimidate and try and take Steve Smith out of the game. Now, I'm absolutely sure they didn't intend the level of injury that was caused. But it does raise some questions, doesn't it, about, you know, is it appropriate when you come up against a great athlete or a great player or a champion in any sport, is it appropriate that you target them with what could be, uh, and unfortunately it has happened in this case, what could be uh, some life-threatening or some seriously dangerous tactics and strategies? And, you know, again, it's all part of cricket sort of, you know, the traditionalists will say wake up to yourself and that's what happens and the West Indies did it and on and on I'm sure it was just a, a, a bad ball or a good ball depending on your way of looking at it but in these days where we're constantly dealing with issues around concussion head trauma in so many sports to, to it, it feels like rightly or wrongly that someone was targeted for their athletic prowess and taken out with what could have been dangerous tactics. I don't know it's the right way to play the game, but that's just me, and it could be sour grapes as an Australian. Not that we've ever done that before, as you know, in the history of sport. It's unlike <laughs> our character. But um, look, in the end, mate, and seriously, what I hope doesn't happen is that there's any retaliatory action that's just stupid. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it right. But, you know, again, my concern is, you know, a kid sees that and says, oh, that looks all right. If I, I can't get the player out, um, maybe I can just uh, strategically aim for a little bit higher up their body and we don't want kids getting those messages. Mm. Great stuff as always, Wayne. Thanks indeed for joining us. Uh, go and um, dip your, at least dip your toe in that pool, mate. <laughs> I might walk with a limp for the rest of my life if I did that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.